This is Bigger Questions with your host, Robert Martin. Welcome to Bigger Questions, recorded live in Melbourne's CBD. Today's big question, aren't all Christians hypocrites? My guest today is Costa Inglesos. Costa is pastor of citychurch.melbourne. He was a lecturer in accounting and business finance at Melbourne's universities for 38 years. And he joins me now. Please welcome Costa Inglesos. Sounds like you've got a fan club there, Costa. Welcome to Bigger Questions. Now, you're a lecturer in accounting for nearly 40 years. Yeah. And now you're a pastor of a church. Surely you're one of the most boring people in the world. Wow, that's a really kind statement. Uh, bad press for accountants. But being a teacher is a different matter. Whenever people say, oh, you teach at university, what do you teach? I would say, people. And because the people are different every semester, the job is really quite varied. Anyway, to kick off bigger questions, we like to ask a couple of smaller questions. We do try to have a bit of fun on the show. Today we're talking with Costa Inglesos about if all Christians are hypocrites. So Costa, our smaller questions to you today are, how well do you know hypocrites? So do you feel qualified at all? Or, or maybe I, you shouldn't answer that. No, or, no, I feel like I'm an expert on that. Okay. I, I read a book when I was a young Christian, The Art of Being a Sinner. And so I thought, well, I was an artist. Uh, but yes, in one sense, I believe that everybody is a hypocrite one measure or another. Okay. So um, we'll get to that in a second. Anyway, yeah. there's two questions, both multiple choice. Mm. Top Tens is a public online forum where top 10 lists are curated by the public. We found one aptly named Top 10 Biggest Hypocrites. Can you guess which group was named the number one biggest hypocrite of all time? Was it A, celebrities, B, religious groups, C, politicians or D, atheists? Which was voted or curated by the public as the number one hypocrite of all time? Which group? I would hope C, but B might be a contender too. Well, they're both contenders, but they're both wrong because the answer is actually A. Interestingly, so it is actually celebrities are regarded as the biggest hypocritical group by this Forum. I'm not entirely sure how scientific yeah, yeah. this forum was. It is uh, online. Okay. Um, the second most hypocritical group was voted to be politicians and religious groups third. Atheists featured at number eight. And interestingly, hipsters were voted as the 18th most hypocritical group. What's a hipster? <laughs> okay. I don't, um, yeah, maybe you don't need to worry about that. Okay, <laughs> moving on to the second question. Question two, who said, I like your Christ I do not like your Christians. Your Christians are so unlike your Christ. Was it A, Socrates, the great Greek philosopher? Was it B, Richard Dawkins, the popular English atheist scientist and author? Was it C, Mahatma Gandhi, the Indian lawyer, social activist and writer? Or was it D, the Dalai Lama, the spiritual leader of Tibetan Buddhism? Definitely C, Mahatma and, Gandhi. And it C is Correct, yes. Yeah. 
Mahatma Gandhi said, I like your Christ. I do not like your Christians. Your Christians are so unlike your Christ. Mm. So Costa, in our quiz on hypocrisy, you got one out of two smaller questions right. You pass. You're an expert in hypocrisy, which could be ambiguously interpreted, perhaps. So anyway, give Costa a big hand for passing the quiz. Past our smaller questions. Now, Costa, it's pretty common for Christians to be labelled as hypocrites, as Gandhi's quote illustrates. Now, for many, this undermines the credibility of the Christian message. Uh, now, this was a specific reason for you and yourself to reject Christianity. So perhaps could you share your story? What happened when you were, were yeah. growing up? Well, uh, my parents are Greek, so I grew up in the Greek Orthodox Church. And all I ever saw was two hours a week of Christianity. Uh, and I thought I could see nothing different for the, for the rest of the week, so this isn't real. I also saw people, you know, the Greeks have this uh, crossing routine, as the Catholics do, and there'd be women who very piously, you know, crossing themselves and as if, you know, do you like the way I'm doing this? And I just saw that and it really put me off. You really didn't like mm. it. So, um, but what defines a hypocrite then? So you, this is something that you saw and you didn't like it. What, what exactly makes someone a hypocrite? Someone who says one thing and does another. Mm -hmm. uh, the word hypocrite means mask. Uh, the ancient Greek actors would wear the mask. Uh, and so uh, people who are inconsistent say one thing, do another. Um, phonies, I think, is the uh, modern term. Modern term. So, and that's what you saw growing up in this? That's, that's what I thought I was seeing, yes. Right, yeah. So it left me pretty cold to the whole religious yeah. scene. So it was nothing authentic, it just was a, almost like a uh, acting. Uh, yeah, well, very ritual-based, and of course, it being in the ancient Greek, I didn't quite get what was going on anyway, mm. so I, I couldn't really come to terms with it. Mm. Okay, so what happened after that? Let's see, in high school, I started thinking seriously about life, you know, why am I here? In year 10, I decided, okay, I'm going to, to maximise my life, I'm going to do two things, love others and live no barriers, that mm -hmm. what you see is what you get. That was my philosophy. But by the time I hit year 12, I really started questioning why I was here and I knew I had no answers. There was no, I mean, there's a kind of belief in God because I look out the window and think those trees are photosynthesizing. Wow, you know, that's amazing. Uh, but not the Christian God. So I really came to the point where I felt there's no reason for us being here, mm -hmm. which is quite depressing. So how, that made you feel depressed. Yeah. Yeah. So what did you do about it? Uh, Nothing for a while. Uh, I remember one time sitting at school and I was writing an equation like, why am I here? Answer, get a piece of paper. Why? Get another piece of paper. Why? Get a good job, hopefully. Then I imagine I'll get married. Hopefully that'll be a pleasure. Maybe not. Then I imagine I'll have kids. Hopefully they'll make me happy. Maybe not. Then maybe I'll get old. But for sure, I will die. By the time I wrote plus death on the equation, my dramatic melodramatic Greek moment was the whole thing equals zero. If you're born, you live and you die, and here's history, you know, a whole line, and we're just one little segment. I could see no point as to why I was here. Mm. But some, some people would say that you just kind of create your own meaning, uh, and you just accept that and just get on with life. But was that, why couldn't you do that? Um, in 200 years' time, I won't be here. What's the point that I ever existed? And there's no logical answer to that. I just came to the conclusion, logically, that life is meaningless. And if there is a God, he must be the devil. What sort of a cynical being would come up with a system like this? So you got to year 12 and you wrote this equation. You came to have some total, the whole thing equals zero. Yeah. 
what next? What happened? So then I went to Melbourne Uni. Oh, but, sorry, before that, but you oh, were, uh, used to argue with Christians as well, didn't oh, you? Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah. One of my favourite pastimes in high school was arguing with Christians, and in my opinion, I always won. <laughs> and what, what, one what of the arguments were things like, look, at the time, Northern Ireland was running hot, yes? Catholics, Protestants were the labels that were used, and I thought, well, if that's what religion brings you, then, you know, we're better off without it. So again, I just thought, Jesus wouldn't throw a Molotov cocktail out of school bus. What is this? So again, it was just hypocrisy. Now, questions come through. It's just to clarify, perhaps, the hypocrisy you saw uh, as a child. Uh, what were some examples of the hypocrisy that you saw, apart from the, obviously, elaborate crossing of uh, yourselves? Uh, well, look, again, kids at school who claim to be Christians, there was no difference between their behavior and their language and their attitudes than to mine. Mm -hmm. So I just sort of thought, if you really have a relationship with God, surely that would show up as some kind of difference in your character. And I saw none. Mm. So what made that so objectionable? Was it just that it made them inconsistent? Or what was so bad about that? When I started the journey of becoming a Christian, I kept saying, I do not want to commit mental harikari. I will not believe in something if it's not true. Mm -hmm. And um, so if the thing was true, then there would be evidence in their lives. And even Jesus said, you'll know them by their fruits. I didn't see the fruits. I thought, well, there's nothing there's here. There's nothing there. Yeah. So you went to university. And then what happened? Well, I joined the choir at Melbourne Uni, mm -hmm. Mux. And um, the first semester holidays, we went down to a beach house and uh, a lot of good stuff going on. But on the last night, there's a girl who said that she had a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Okay. And how, I how thought, did that make you feel? I thought, oh, no, what have I struck? You're kidding. <laughs> so here we go. I brought up all my arguments against Christianity. And uh, she hardly had to say a word because that night God was present and he started tearing down my objections. Uh, two key realizations. I said that I loved others, but I realized I only loved others when I got something out of it myself. Or if you ask too much of me, the answer is no. So the realization was the only person I really love was myself. And the second realization was I said no barriers. And I realized there were two or three barriers around me that even my best friend couldn't see behind. And I would never let him see the truth. And so I realized I was a phony, that I couldn't live up to my own standards of transparency, integrity, honesty, and love. So um, I broke down the analogy, you know, Jesus said, you build your house in the sand and the rain comes and the house collapses. Uh, I totally collapsed. And for the first time, God made sense. So she hardly said a word. It was God speaking to me. And God was saying, I see behind the barriers, Costa, and I still accept you and love you. So I went home the next day and I told my parents that I believe now. And they were very relieved because the year beforehand I said, no more church, no more fasting at Easter. I don't believe in God. I don't want to be a hypocrite. No. So now I'm coming back saying, yes. And interestingly, part of that realization was yourself, that you realized that you- I was were, a hypocrite. You were a hypocrite yourself. How did that make you Damn. feel? How did that make you feel when you realized that? Well, it was, like I say, emotionally, spiritually, it was a real breakdown. I, I wept. But then the thought that, that God was right there to pick me up um, was really overpowering. Yeah. Mm. So I'd had uh, a very intense spiritual experience that night. Mm. But you also mentioned something about it being true. And so what was the, 
what was it that convinced you that it was true? Okay. Well, by a series of God incidences, I don't believe in coincidences, I was introduced to a total stranger the following week and I told him that I'd become a Christian. And he asked me two questions. How do you know that you're a Christian? If you were to die tonight, where would you spend eternity? Again, no idea. So he offered, if I wanted to see what the Bible taught about it, so he drew out a bridge diagram, man on one side, God on the other, how sin has separated us, but the cross bridges the gulf. Now, I knew all the cliches. I knew all the phrases, but this is the first time anyone put all the pieces of the jigsaw puzzle together. Mm -hmm. But the key was, yeah, but did Jesus rise from the dead? Because if he did not rise from the dead historically, then this girl is talking to a dead man from 2,000 years ago and she needs help. But if he did rise from the dead, then he must be God, it must be true, then I need to respond. So I had the resurrection, the historical resurrection as the, the cornerstone. This either is true or false, so I needed to find out more about that. Mm. And, that convinced and as a result of doing Bible study with this guy, I became convinced that history leaves us no other room to conclude except that Jesus literally rose from the dead. Mm. And uh, after three weeks of Bible study with David, um, I committed my life to Christ. Mm. And you became a Christian hypocrite at that point. A new kind of hypocrite. <laughs> okay, well, we'll get to that because uh, today's big question is, aren't all Christians hypocrites? And perhaps surprisingly, the Bible also offers an answer. In the New Testament book of Matthew, one of the four biographies of Jesus' life we have, Jesus confronts the hypocrisy of a surprising group of people. So in Matthew 23, 25, he says, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. Now, Costa, Pharisees were experts in the law and believed in strictly adhering to it. So do you think it's surprising that Jesus was critical of religious leaders? What Jesus was critical of was their, one of the things, was their motivation for doing it. They did a lot of their religious rituals to be seen by men. And he says, well, if that's what you're doing it for, you got your reward, God isn't interested. Um, they did it to get the places of honour in the marketplace and at the parties and so on. So their motivation was strictly to get glory from one another and glory from their neighbours. But they didn't really have a heart that sought glory from God. Mm -hmm. To say, look, on the outside you're clean, but inside, ooh la la, you're a mess. It's a bit confronting. Uh, yeah, it's the most confronting passage in the New Testament, I think. Yeah. Well, it says here that they're full of greed and self-indulgence. I mean, is that a problem? Well, God didn't put me on the planet just to think me, me, me. Uh, we're here to, to know him and serve him, to love him and to love each other. Well, greed means, blow you, pal, this is mine, forget it. Mm. What was the other one? Oh, self-indulgence. Self-indulgence. Well, again, self-anything is, uh, is wrong. Mm -hmm. Self-righteousness is wrong. Um, so would it, would it be particularly wrong for a religious leader? Well, Do you think religion, religion, but isn't religion all self-serving anyway? If religion has to do with being a whole person before God and before man, then there's no room for that kind of behaviour. No. I mean, Philippians, J-O-Y, Jesus first, others second, yourself third. Mm -hmm. And any cisness, yourself first, is not what God has intended for us. Mm, okay. Mm. A question has come through here. It says, how come Jesus is so clear about religious hypocrisy, but so many Christians seem to be hypocrites today? Don't they know these words? A lot of people go into the name of Christian. Um, I've met a lot of people who call themselves Christians who haven't got a clue about the Bible 
and, uh, and God himself. So it could be nominal Christianity. Um, so you mean the nominal America is a Christian country. Australia is a Christian country. Yeah, right. Uh, it's, um, we can go by the label Christian, but there's no real encounter with God mm. Mm. yet. Okay. Well, we'll get to, I suppose, explore that issue in a bit more in a second. Um, but Jesus also points somewhat to the solution of the problem of the Pharisees in the next sentence, where he says, blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and dish, and the outside will also be clean. So what does Jesus mean by cleaning the cup and the dish? Is he suggesting using a new brand of dishwashing liquid or something, perhaps? What's he mean here? Obviously not the dishwashing liquid. Okay. Um, Sorry, that was, that was a uh, weak attempt at a joke. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as a non-Christian, I tried desperately New Year's Eve, New Year's resolutions, I'll stop swearing. And two or three days later, beep, 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 the ad it came. So a man or a woman, can a leopard change its spots? Answer, no, not of ourselves. Uh, we are incapable of cleaning ourselves. It's an act of God. Um, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Um, when I became a Christian, two days later, I swore on a Mr. Tram in Royal Parade, and ugh, I just felt terrible. And I felt like I'd offended my best friend. And this voice inside me said, Costa, you didn't have to say that. And I said, I'm sorry, God, Father, wash my mouth out. And he did. I can't wash myself out, but God can. Mm, okay. Well, Jesus is critical of the inconsistent Pharisees, those who claim to believe one thing but do another. But you've kind of talked about this already, but, but why aren't Christians perfect? Are you saying that Christians are perfect? Do they never suffer from greed or self-service? No. Everyone, all have sinned. We're all in the same boat. We have, as I told my children, the good voice and the bad voice inside us. Um, when you become a Christian, well, like it says in Galatians 5, then we now have the spirit. The spirit is against the flesh. The flesh is against the spirit. Nowhere did God say we would become perfect on the spot. Uh, Philippians 1.6, he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion. When? At the day of Christ Jesus. So in the meantime, I'm on the journey. I'm being sanctified, set apart. Yes, I'm trending upwards towards Christ-likeness, but I stumble often. You know, the Apostle Paul said in Romans 7, what's the matter with me? I know what I should do and don't do it. I know what I shouldn't do and do it. Man, what is this? All Christians go through that tension, that struggle. And to pretend that we don't, that's where we can be accused of being hypocrites. Mm. Mm. You referenced a lot of different Bible verses there, which are various parts of the New Testament, which talk about the, the battle between mm. the, uh, this greed and self-indulgence that perhaps Jesus was talking about yeah. and what the, the new life in Christ was supposed yes. to bring. Mm. Um, another book of the New Testament which might help, which we actually ref reflect on now, is in the book of 1 John, which is written by a disciple of Jesus, uh, where John writes denouncing hypocrisy in verse 6. He says, if we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness... We lie and do not live out the truth. So is the type of sort of hypocrisy that John is talking about here, is that the same as the hypocrisy of Jesus was pointing out in Pharisees? Well, yes, it is. It's denying that I still sin. Uh, Christians aren't perfect. We're just forgiven sinners. And if we say that we have no sin, it's not what the Bible teaches. Mm -hmm. So we don't have to pretend that we're perfect. We know we're not. We are all work in process. 
Mm. Well, verse 6 is actually talking about having fellowship with him and yet walking in the darkness. If which we would claim to have fellowship with him. That's right, yes. And walking in the darkness, it shows that you're actually not really walking in, the, that's in right. that way. And the next verse talks about walking in the light. So if you walk in the light, then your life will be different, I yes. suppose. That's right, yeah. If we walk in light, we have fellowship with one another. Uh, we just share the struggles, share the good times and the bad times. There's no pretense. There's just transparency and acceptance, one of another. Mm. So the passage talks about two types of walking, walking in darkness and walking in light. What's the significance of these images, you think? Uh, I think two things John is saying here. Um, darkness could, of course, mean ignorance, not knowing the truth. So it's intellectual or spiritual, if you like. But there's also the darkness of living in sin. So the moral darkness of doing the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. Walking in the light is therefore the opposite on both fronts. Walking in the light, God's word is a lamp to my feet, a light to my path. I see who I am, where I am. I see the truth for what it is as God sees it. So that's, you know, understanding. But also in the light will also mean walking in righteousness. I have nothing to hide because here I am. Mm -hmm. What's and all. So the, the idea of walking, though, is, is sort of the pathway that you... Yeah, it's, it's your whole life, isn't yeah. it? It's what you do, yeah. it's how you behave, treat people, it's the mm. whole thing. Now, the next section helps answer more directly the question about whether Christians are perfect, as we've sort of talked about already, but we can hone in on it here, I think, where John says, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. So what does he mean here? The deceitfulness of sin, it's always been thus... And this passage is saying, well, not only do I start lying to you successfully or not, we even start lying to ourselves. We become deceived. Is that your, your experience? Well, I've been walking with Jesus now for 44 years. Yeah, there's ups and downs, but I, I trust I'm walking towards a proper understanding of who I am and what he wants. And uh, I always ask the Lord to show me, is there anything within me that isn't pleasing to him? Hmm. So what should we then do? Well, it's just I acknowledge who God is and who I am. And day by day, we just come before him and say, thank you. Mm. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your love, your mercy. Uh, apart from you, I can do nothing. And Lord, just uh, not just bless me today, but make me a blessing to others today. Mm. Use me because I'm only here for a little while. May I live to your glory. Mm. Now, this passage talks a bit more about uh, confessing our mm, sins. Yeah. So what's the significance of confessing sins when considering hypocrisy? Well, the Greek word for confess is homo lego, the same to say, if you like, to agree. So confess my sins is I agree with the Lord. Yes, when I'm lying on my tax returns, this is sin. I'm, this is not right. And so, Father, please forgive me. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, of course, I need to not just say it, you know, the words, but uh, there needs to be repentance that, uh, Lord, help me to turn from that. I want to stop doing that. And uh, from one degree to another, God is transforming us into the image of Christ. Mm. So if the Christian is someone who has sort of admitted their moral failure, yeah. what does that mean for the person who's not a Christian? Well... <laughs> I said at the beginning, we're all hypocrites. Uh, all of us have areas that we don't want others to know, uh, and yet we know about. A Christian is someone who's come to the light and said, Father, I confess, I agree, I come to the light. I'm ashamed of this. Please change me. A non-Christian denies that. 
An unbeliever says, here's what that says. No, I've got no problem with God. What's your problem? You know, sin, shmin, you know. Uh, and so they're the ones in denial. Uh, so and they was, are the bigger hypocrites. <laughs> that, so that was your experience, was it? Yeah. Yes. Hmm. So why is hypocrisy no longer an objection to the Christian faith for you? I heard someone say once, to hide behind something, you have to be smaller than it. See, I can't hide behind this microphone. And for people to say, oh, look at all the Christians, look at all the hypocrites in the church. Oh, the church isn't real. We are not the message. Jesus is the message. You know, I have to remind people of that. Yes, I'm not perfect. Don't look at me. It's Jesus and consider him. Mm. So for, for you, you said that Jesus is bigger than your objection. Oh, yeah. Always. Yeah. So, well, you mentioned before that you couldn't stand the fact that the Christian faith made no difference to these people that you saw growing up. What difference has the Christian message made to your life in uh, being a Christian for 44 years? Yeah. Before I became a Christ, I was lost and I knew it. Life made no sense. Death made no sense. Life is a joke. And now I live in the light, not lost, but light. And I know why I'm here. I know where I'm going. Uh, I can see all that. And all those questions are dealt with. Previously, the other two words, lust uh, is only what I can get out of life and now it's love and um, you know it's funny it's through you know remember I said about the no barriers since becoming a Christian those things that I've hidden in the past are no longer an issue I'm happy to talk to someone about it if it's helpful to them so I'm no longer hiding anything um, and my I said I loved people well it's when God confronted me that I had to I realized that rejecting people as my foundation in life, God became my foundation. And since then, people mean much more to me than they ever did before. Because God can love others through me. The love of Jesus through me is far greater than the love of the Costa can generate of himself. Hmm. So Costa, aren't all Christians hypocrites? Yes and no. Mm -hmm. uh, no, because we're the ones who've come to the light and said, Father, forgive me. And so, yes, if you've had that genuine encounter with God, then the journey begins. There's a sort of a walk in the light, so to speak. Yes, yeah. yeah. And so, really, as we grow in our journey, we should all come to a deeper understanding that we don't need to wear a mask, certainly not before God, I mean, who are you kidding, and not even towards one another. And if you're in a Christian environment where you feel like you always got to put on your Sunday best, and they're not, you're not letting them see the real you or you're not seeing the real them, you won't last long in that environment. It will not be meeting your need for fellowship, oneness. And part of that is accepting each other's faults. Mm. So are all Christians hypocrites? Yes and no. Yes and no. Mostly no, as we learn <laughs> to walk as we learn to walk in the Lord. Just don't pretend you're perfect. You don't have to. That's not the message. Let me leave you with the Bible's answer to the big question, aren't all Christians hypocrites? Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and dish, and then the outside will also be clean. I look forward to you joining us next time for bigger questions. Please thank our guest today, Costa Inglesos.
for listening to Bigger Questions. If you want to be part of the live audience or subscribe to the podcast, go to biggerquestions.org.